0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and let's jump over today to the book of Isaiah chapter 30. And I want to talk and go into some detail about how you can access the new thing that God is wanting to do in your life. And I think for some of you, you have been sensing Perhaps what would be upcoming change, and you realize there's a new plateau or new level that God wants you to move up to. And I want to talk today about how to get into that very smoothly and uh, some, I would call them secrets of accessing this, okay? So let's begin today in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures in a very plain, simple way so that we can take them just like we would a wrench or a screwdriver or a hammer and use them to construct something useful and, or, or to fix or repair something. And we thank you, father, that we can take these scriptures and we pray that we can apply them to our lives. Now we thank you for this in Jesus name. And we all say, amen. Praise God. Now, let's go to Isaiah again, chapter 30, and we're going to drop down to verse 18. Verse 18, therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Now, I I don't think we're all like fast food mentality in the sense where, although we can get so many things quickly, whether it's a hamburger and french fries But, uh, you know, we also can appreciate, you know, uh, a good restaurant where the chef is going to cook it properly and, you know, it might be 12 or 15 minutes before it gets out on your table and you're happy to wait. But it is true that sometimes there are areas where we sense destiny in something or a direction that God wants us to uh, eventually be going in. And because of desire and eagerness to want to get on that path, there could be the potential to want to go too fast. So that's why it is important that even when you uh, begin to pick up the scent of the trail or begin to discern in the spirit what God has for you, that you still uh, move with that that sync uh, how can I call it? There's like a, uh, when you sync up with the timing of God and you get it just right. So you're not, you're not too far back, but you're not running up ahead of the plan. And then you can't see where to go because you're ahead of the Lord himself. So we want to get it right. And it does include at times, uh, some waiting, but we need to know how to wait properly. Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. So the waiting has a good uh, purpose. It has a good benefit for us. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So there's waiting for him. There's waiting on him. And something that's uh, less talked about or less understood is waiting for with him. (laughs) And that's when things get very, very interesting. So today I want to cover some of these areas uh, with waiting with the Lord, but I want to come from a different direction because most people, uh, they almost immediately start to think about the subject of prayer. And there can be times when the Lord would wake you up in the middle of the night or the Holy Spirit just uh, helps you to wake up. And maybe you're not sure what it's all about. And you might think, well, I, maybe I'm supposed to pray. And it could be if, if the Lord, you know, impresses someone upon your heart, maybe they're in danger or in trouble. They need your prayers. Sure. We want to do that, but that's usually not what the Lord's doing. Usually what he's trying to do is bring you into a place of fellowship where you can begin to wait on the Lord And eventually he comes, his presence will come. And then you're waiting with the Lord and you are getting some very keen insight, some very sharp discernment as for the plan forward. And you know what to do. And that's what God wants to bring you into through this waiting. So I would say it's not so much for prayer as it is for fellowship getting to know the Lord and the, getting to understand his ways and why he does things the way that he does them. Woo. And all of his, all of his ways, they make sense. Now, initially for a new believer that's used to, let's say the kingdom of darkness, these things may not make sense, but once you get into God's kingdom, you begin to really see that his ways are higher than, than any other way, and that if we begin to line up or sync up with Him, then eventually everything starts working the way it's supposed to, and it gets better and better. Praise God. You know, um, this is uh, something that you respond to out of a spiritual hunger, so we can't put this in somebody else, but for your own life, you can uh, stir up what I would call an appetite for God, where you're thirsty for God. You have a spiritual hunger for God. And you have to understand there's a lot of Christians who don't really have that. Uh, they love the Lord and they're saved and they're on their way to heaven. But as far as really getting to know God, uh, they're, that's not on their uh, menu for the day or probably for the year. And that's between them and the Lord. But I'm uh, I'm trying to share with you that if you will begin to walk closely with the Lord, you'll really get into the good life. Jesus said you had to lose your life to find uh, find the life that God has for you. So the losing of your life doesn't mean that you go out and uh, run off to Iran and sacrifice your life as a martyr to preach the gospel. Because, trust me, if you ever uh, uh, arrived over there and landed, uh, that's probably what's going to happen within the first 24 hours. We're not going to hear from you after that. <laughs> but losing your life is losing your self life. Uh, sometimes, what we think would be our self interest. But when you find God's life for you, you find your highest calling, your highest purpose. And really, that's actually where the highest level of joy is at. And Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the word life was the word zoe in the Greek, Z-O-E. And it means the highest form of living possible. It actually denotes a God quality of life. So God has wonderful days and, uh, God, uh, uh, you know, everything is, is bubbling with life and, and energy. And that's what God wants you to be tied into. All right. So, uh, again, Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18, the latter part of that verse says, blessed are all those who wait for him. Let's not skip that. I, I understand faith. I understand that we're on the go that, you're, you are applying your faith, but at the same time, you have to stop to build your faith. You have to take these breaks where you have uh, fellowship and devotional time with the Lord, because out of that is what comes the spiritual strength that keeps you going. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. You know, um, a couple of years back, I did something that was pretty brave, and uh, it's, it's definitely, I would say, pushing it. So I invited all of the viewing audience on YouTube, uh, you know, live stream or friends on podcast, who's ever watching or listening to get up with me every morning early. Now, of course, we have different time zones we're all in in different countries, but you you would still make it your time there in your state or country. I said, we're all going to get up early and we're going to endeavor to give God a tithe. Okay, so there's 24 hours in a day. We're going to endeavor to give God a tithe before the sun ever comes over the horizon. Now, normally at that time of the year, the sun would be coming up, you know, like right around 650 in the morning. So if you're going to give God a tithe off of 24 hours, that's two hours and 24 minutes. I used to think it was two hours and 40 minutes. I don't know why I thought that. And I had a friend, a minister, he has a, a PhD. Thank God for uh, our uh, highly educated uh, brethren. Amen. And he said, uh, Pastor Stephen, it's not two hours and 40 minutes. It's two hours and 24 minutes. I thought, wow, I've been giving God a tithe and an offering. <laughs> so the the goal was for 90 days straight to get up early as early as it needed to be based upon when the sun's going to break over the horizon and get a tithe of the time in before the sun ever comes up. And so when it was all said and done, uh, out of all the viewing partners and all of those who follow the ministry, I think we had about 15 people that actually did it. And I, if, I, if I'm if i correct, I think I said you can have three misses, but no more than that. So, um, but anyhow, uh, there were some that did the whole thing and never missed one time. So getting up really, really early and waiting on the Lord, spending time with God, not checking emails, you know, um, not uh, giving texts back and forth to people or watching the news or stuff like that, just getting up and waiting on the Lord. And we had some of the uh, received into the ministry, some of the craziest, neatest testimonies of people that got healed and they weren't even seeking God for healing you know what happens sometimes at least for me when I get up early to seek the Lord and I'm just kind of getting going but then the Lord's presence begins to come uh, sometimes I can't even um I can't even ask God for anything it's not like I, I want to say lord I, you know, I I'm here this morning to bring this need back before you I mean that's like it's not even like there. It's not even in the air, so to speak. And to bring it up or to say it or pray it uh, would just be like throwing like a ball and trying to hit the wall and there's no wall there. It's just like that's, God doesn't want to hear that. And this is something about learning about the Lord. When you are and conversation with God and he doesn't want to talk about something just the way you are sometimes and maybe you're with somebody you're like I don't want to talk about that I'm not interested in that right now well if they keep talking about it you're just like hey I've told you I'm not I'm not really into that right now so (laughs) you might be later (laughs) but we all have moods did you ever stop to think that God has moods also? <laughs> and there are times where he doesn't want to talk about certain things and to try, look, you're not going to t- twist God's arm and, and God says, okay, you're right. I, I just give in, go ahead and we'll talk about it. No, he's not going to. And you'll find yourself having a solo conversation with no, no presence of the Lord or anything like that. And so if you're doing that, you're just wasting your time. You should have, should have just stayed in bed and gone to sleep. But I'm talking about those that are moving into this realm or going further in this realm where you get to know the Lord. And it's a very, very interesting world that begins to open up to you. You know, what I didn't know, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, When we did that 90 days, get up early, give God a tithe of the day, a full tithe, two hours and 24 minutes before the sun ever comes over the horizon. And well, what happened is I uh, one day after the 90 days was all done and stuff like that, you know, uh, one day later after that, I went to go buy a new, uh, truck and I bought a new Ford F-150 pickup truck. So I went to the big Ford dealer, you know, there's a, around Charlotte area. There's a lot of real big dealers and, you know, a lot of, uh, vehicles to choose from. So I went to one of these large dealerships in that area, uh, North of Charlotte and, uh, was looking around at this giant dealership and uh, saw a truck I really liked, and I thought, well, I can trade my vehicle in and get this truck, and would I think this would be a really good fit, and so the salesman was really, really nice. He was really good. A matter of fact, he had been designated by Ford as one of the top 10 salesmen uh, by Ford in the world, so he was an incredible salesman, not that he's slick and pushy. No, he's just, uh, he's He's extremely helpful, and he knows his job, he knows the product, he knows everything about everything, so the whole experience is ultra-smooth because he's total pro-level, and so um, he was even invited by Ford, I think, who was it, one of these late-night comedians, Jay Leno, uh, he brought all of these guys out. Uh, or they brought them out to somewhere, I think, in Southern California. And they had this thing where they had the sport vehicle. It's a brand-new vehicle. And they brought their top ten salesmen out there. And, he, and so you had to put your hand on the vehicle. Whoever kept their hand on the vehicle the longest would win the vehicle. Well, he was he was in the ten that were brought out there. And it got down to only two people, he and one other person, Uh, And they both have gone like over 24 hours with no sleep or anything like that. They would let you take your hand off just for a moment if you wanted to go to the bathroom and then come right back. But outside of that, you have to stand there and keep your hand on that vehicle and uh, write when they were both he and the other one were both just about to you know fall apart he uh, lost his concentration just for a moment took his hand off and the other guy won it so but he was an incredible salesman still there today but um so i ended up buying the truck And, you know, we just talked about, uh, you know, you know, talked about the product and stuff like that, and had a fun time and he was very nice and very helpful. And, uh, so the moment I signed my name on the purchase contract, because up to then, you know, we're, we're kind of taking care of business, but we're having fun, but taking care of business. So up till then, uh, until the point when I signed my name and I've now bought the brand new vehicle, when I put the pen down, he looked at me and he smiled and he said, um, he said, uh, Pastor Stephen, I did it. I said, "Well, uh, you did what?" He said, um, "I did the whole the whole time of getting up early in the morning." I said, "You did that." like that, like early morning challenge of getting up and giving God the tithe early in the morning? He said, yes, I did. I said, you did? I said, I didn't didn't even know you like watched me or really even knew who I was or anything. He said, yeah, i watch you on YouTube. (laughs) I said, you do? He said, yes. (laughs) So I said, you actually did that? He said, yeah. He said, I did the whole thing. I got up early and I uh, would mark it off. And he's, because he had a former military background, so he was very structured with his life, and by the way, you need organization and structure if you want to do well. We all understand that. But he had this calendar. so while we're getting up in the mornings, he's getting up with us, and uh, you know he's getting up where he lives, and he's putting his time in, waiting on the Lord, getting to know God. And so he had this calendar, so every day that he would go by and finish a morning, he would check it off with a black uh, uh, black check mark. and he said then He said, I got to day 30, and then I checked that one off with a red check mark. I said, well, why would you use a red check mark? He said, well, he said, I got up that morning like normal, you know, to seek the Lord and put the tithe in to, to seek the face of God. And he said, while I was sitting there, he said, this language started coming up Uh, It started coming up, and I had this desire to open my mouth and speak out. And he said, I started speaking out, and this language called, uh, you know, the Bible calls tongues begin to come out. And I said, Oh, wait a minute. I said, You're telling me that you're sitting in your home, in your room, you got up early to seek God, and there's no minister laying hands on you or anything like that, and you opened your mouth and you started speaking in tongues? He said, Yes, because he said, Jesus baptized me in the Spirit. I started speaking in tongues. He said, That's why I put the red check mark for the Holy Spirit. Spirit. (laughs) woo! You wouldn't believe some of the crazy testimonies I heard that came out of that. People got filled with the Spirit, weren't even really asking God for it, but because they're just hanging out with God and they're getting close to God, what's on God starts getting on you. And so he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other tongues. And, um, and then, you know, I had people that would contact me and said they got healed of, of, of cases and situations that doctors can't heal. All they can do is treat it for the rest of your life and give you medicines, uh, to, uh, topical deal with it, but it doesn't go away. The problem's still there. They were completely healed just absolutely, miraculously, no explanation for it outside of the power of God, We're healed despite getting up early and doing what? Waiting on the Lord. Now look at this, blessed, not cursed, not messed up, not confused, or uh, something bad imparted to you, but blessed. That means empowered to prosper and to succeed in life. Blessed are all those who wait for him. All those who wait for him. Wow. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do I do it? You know, I actually had one guy tell me uh, that he got up early and sought the Lord for a year. And he said, he said, nothing really happened. I said, um, all right, well, let's let's dive into this and find out. Because I said, the scripture says that blessed are all those who wait for him. So you're telling me that you waited for the Lord for a year and you didn't get one single blessing out of it. <laughs> well, you know, um, all you have to do is start asking questions. Sometimes people say, well, it doesn't work. This didn't work. I tried that. Uh, and they give these, um, you know, kind of like blanket statements. All you have to do is start asking questions. And instantly you start poking holes in their false wall. And you find out they've got more holes in their wall than, than Swiss cheese has holes in it. And you realize, oh, you're, you're doing this all wrong. You, you don't even understand what this is about. And so you're just up there. You just got up early morning. You're just looking around. It doesn't work like that. This this waiting is uh, is done out of a hunger for God, a seeking after God, uh, flowing with God. And he had a lot of issues that, how can I say that he was not willing to give up. And so if you're not willing to let the Holy Spirit deal with you, he, he won't mess with you. If you want to somehow meet God on your terms while you keep Uh, your shelves stock full of every liquor that the store can ever sell. And that's going to be filling up your house and you've got everything and you're, you got all kinds of stuff like that and you want to come seek God. Well, the first thing the Holy Spirit's going to do is he's going to start bringing that up. Well, now that's an area of God that you can't touch. Well, the conversation's over. You might as well go back to bed. But I know from the fact that you're still listening to me right now that that's not the boat that you're in. You're on the boat that if God starts talking. You're like, okay, Lord, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I need some help in that area, Lord. Yeah, I need to tighten that area up. Lord, I could, yeah, I could do better over there, sure. And the, so that's what's amazing about God. The Holy Spirit's quite a talker. And remember, He's with you 24-7. Jesus, when He was on the earth, if you want it to be where the presence, the power of God was at, you have to be where He was at. Uh, but he's now in heaven. So the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is it's like having Jesus with you all the time, even at night, uh, you know, early in the morning or whenever. So uh, the Holy Spirit will share these things with you and help you to deep dive on these areas. And he'll talk to you about all of these things, but it's all a part of really getting to know the Lord praise the Lord. You know, um, I'll give an example. I got up early this morning because I had a dream. Now, I've learned over the years that if uh, if you don't get up, you'll lose it. Uh, even if you say, oh, i as uh, soon as I get wake up later this morning, I'll write it down. You won't even be able to recall it. And some dreams can be just goofy stuff. It's just your soul maybe playing around while you're asleep. Some dreams also can be sent by the evil one. I had a lady email me sometime back. She said, all dreams are from God. I didn't even answer the email. I can't be your friend if you're stupid. I, I, I can't, can't run with you if you're a stupid person. Uh, no, there are dreams that are directly sent by Satan himself. And well, I can pull a lot of scriptures up on that, but uh, we're not going to have a negative focus. But there are those times when you do have uh, dreams that are 100% from God. And I had one of those this morning. So I'm like, I'm not going to miss This and so, when the dream ended, I was awake and I, but I was tired. But I went ahead and got up because I'm like, I'm not letting this one slip by. That was very powerful. And so, I get up, and it it probably took about 40 minutes before the Holy Spirit helped me to kind of unlock each segment of the dream as, as concerning what its meaning was. Because when I woke up, I had a, you know, this is probably, this is what this means. But as you sit there and wait with the Lord and wait on him for further insight, it starts flowing. It, it, it starts uh, like dripping through like an IV and that revelation starts to flow and then it opens up more and then more. And now the whole thing is there and you have understanding of it. Praise God. So we we want to have spiritual experiences with God, but we want to understand them. If you don't understand them, then you can't extract the nourishment out of them or the guidance or the insight that God wants to get over to us. Praise God. I have also discovered that when you wait on the Lord, and it doesn't necessarily have to be early in the morning, but for most people, that's going to be the best time because once once you get rolling with your work during the day, you actually go into a a different anointing and it's more of a work anointing a more of a productivity anointing. And, uh, it's a different change in atmosphere and everything. As many of you know, as you're out on the work floor, whatever that type of a career floor might be, you're out there and you're now in that mode. So, um, but you, you, uh, you just want to find those times. You can still do it during the day as long as it's time where you can like begin to get quiet in your spirit, quiet in your mind, and get back into that spirit of uh, peace and calm prayer, waiting on the Lord. Now, it, it also could be that later in the day that uh, that's maybe when you have also some more prayer time where you have more maybe what we would call intercession, uh, praying for others but early in the morning, especially sometimes even the middle of the night can be great for waiting on the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But I've, I've discovered that during these times of waiting on the Lord, you could get what I would call out of the box type ideas or solutions or ways of doing things that are non-traditional. Now they're still moral, they're still ethical, and they're still legal, but they can also be a different way that people haven't thought about or very few utilize, but it still would get the purpose accomplished. So you need to be open to that type of thinking because scriptural thinking is the realm of possibility thinking. You may be a person and you might think, well, I can never own a home because I can't come up with the down payment that's needed. Oh, well, that's that's a piece of cake for God. All you have to do is sit down with the Lord. Uh, perhaps one of these early waiting sessions where you're waiting with the Lord, uh, waiting on the Lord and the Lord shows up. Now you're kind of hanging out with the Lord and the Lord's wanting to share some things. you receive that. And then now you're wanting to share some things, Lord, um, by the way, um, we'd really like to own a home, but Lord, I don't see any way. I don't have the ability to pull together a down payment. Uh, Lord, can you help me with this? And yes, there are other Options, other options, almost, almost every piece of property or every uh, facility or home that my wife and I have purchased have been in a non-traditional way, in a non-traditional way. And it, it had ended up in a traditional type of way, but it didn't start out like that. Why? Because we, we could not go that route. So knowing that that route was not going to work for us, you just sit down and talk with the Lord, Lord, what can you do? What can you do to make happen here for me? And so that's why God can take you into some areas that can be different for you, but it works and it produces. And as you can see today, you know, I, my wife and I, we own our home. We, uh, we, you know, this ministry owns this property. We own the property out by the airport, and uh, God has helped us to get into this, some things that perhaps on paper uh, you might not be able to get into. But that's not a problem for the Lord. Scriptural thinking is possibility thinking, and a lot of this happens as you wait with the Lord early in the morning uh, when it's still dark outside and you're just kind of sitting there and God begins to work with your mind begins to work with your ability to think about some possibilities or some options that uh, maybe you, you didn't even know about they maybe you didn't even know they existed look for a moment at Luke chapter 14 Luke 14 verse 28 Jesus said for which of you intending to build a tower now Maybe you have no interest in building a tower, although maybe there is somebody watching me and you want to have your own tower, okay? <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and you need, maybe it's, you're going to make it so high you need an elevator in it, okay? Uh, but whatever the case might be, maybe there's uh, something that you want to accomplish, but which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Well, when do you do that? Uh, Well, you do it before you ever clear the foundation, before you ever lay the first stone. You sit down and you begin to think, and look, there's no better time to do that than waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And get it all figured out then how high it's going to be. Uh, how, uh, uh, how long the circumference around is going to be, uh, you know, and get, get all the plans, you know, electricity and this and that, and uh, get it all figured out. Any permits and all of that in your mind, begin to line up your to-do list and things like that and get a, start getting a, later some cost estimates and stuff like that. But waiting on the Lord, getting the Lord's input, getting the Lord's input. You know, we have two airports in Wilkes County, one of them is now, uh, uh, how can I say, closed. Um, When they built the first airport runway, all of the old-timers told all of the professionals, told all of the engineers, told all of the uh, experts, don't put the runway where you guys are going to put it. Uh, This area gets a lot of fog. Oh, no, no, we know what we're doing. So they went ahead and they built the runway anyhow. And uh, hardly any planes, once they built it, hardly any planes could ever take off in the morning. The fog was so thick. It's like sitting in a bowl of soup. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all the old timers say, we told you so, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> and they built a runway that was just practically useless. And now it's abandoned. And now actually it's, uh, now it's just a long driveway and they uh, turned it into a big park. So it's it's a nice walking path. But people sometimes think, wow, this is a really long road. Yep, it's a mile straight, sure is wide. That's the old runway that was needlessly built, and it could hardly ever be used. So the new one, they got right. It's very, very nice. But all of these things, you sit down, sit down, iron them out, because God knows how to build. God knows how to help you establish your business. God knows, uh, uh, the things that you're going to need to put into it, to make it work. And you want to get all of that figured out. So those are things that you can get up early and talk with the Lord about, get it all squared up. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it, begin to mock him. And, uh, sadly, that's what they do. They, they, nothing's changed. This was, it's been 2000 years now and people still laugh, ridicule and mock. If you start something and you can't finish it. Speaking of which, um, I do know a minister and he's got a very, very large facility. He has been building on it now for about 20 years and it's still not done. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm sure the city understands. Oh, the city understands. All right. Uh, uh, They understand that, uh, it's an eyesore. They understand that he said it would be done by this date and it hasn't. And then dates were extended and it hasn't, and it hasn't. And then the news, local news picks it up and puts it on the news. And then residents who drive by it every day, going to work, look at it and think, wow, still not done. So there have been young children that have been born and raised that, uh, you know, have now grown up as young adults and they're thinking, wow, I'm a young adult. And when I was a baby, that was still standing there and it's still not done. And so they'll mock and they'll laugh. But, you know, you have to be, and I know what happened to the minister that built it. He had a lot of money flowing in when he started. And he thought that flow of money was going to continue like that. Uh, but there was a change, and that money was diverted, and it started going in a different direction, and suddenly he didn't have that type of inflow anymore, and he's committed to this big project, and so he just decided to soldier on. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's no problem. He's got plenty of time. No problem. Uh, well, you don't always have plenty of time. Uh, you get on up there in age and maybe you start crossing 80 and maybe you're not going to get it done. So these are things that you have to consider preferably before you ever lay the first stone. Wow. Praise the Lord. But I believe you're going to get it right. Now, look, you can, you can have faith and you can have, uh, uh, you know, like a, like a positive attitude and you could launch out there and you could have things rolling for you. But if you don't really get alone and just hang out with God and get God's sign off on it, get God's uh, blessing on it, then you could rush into something that later on you'll be like, how in the world did I get myself tangled up into this? And so at that point, you could either cut it and take a big loss, or you could press on while people mock and ridicule or whatever the case might be. But let's try to get it right from the get-go. And so this is why you don't hear a lot of talking about waiting on the Lord, because there's not a lot of people waiting in the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, it can cause people to take a wrong turn. And we want to make sure that we get things right. Uh, now we also have verse 31 or what King going to make war against another King does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000 or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. I don't know. Maybe Mr. Uh, Uh, what's his name from the Ukraine Zelensky probably should have read these verses not that I uh, could ever really uh, see him sitting down and reading the Bible because I don't think he has too much of an interest in God although he is a Jewish man But uh, you know, hey, before you go to war with a major superpower that has pretty much unlimited nuclear weapons and has, uh, you know, even if you've got a pretty good military, you're up against a juggernaut. Hey, maybe we should sit down first and get this figured out, lest we start a war and uh, we we have um, over a million of our people killed and blown to pieces. Well, you know, the sayings of Jesus are eternal. Amen. Praise God. But the same for us, you know, before we jump into something, wait on the Lord, spend that time until that, you know, that, you know, especially on big projects, praise God. Now let's jump over to Isaiah chapter 64, Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64, by the way, a lot of, you have to understand that a lot of nations they want war. There's big money in war. And uh, so when Jesus comes, he'll, he'll rule over the earth from Jerusalem. That's called the millennium reign. The millennium is just a fancy word that means 1,000. So it's, it will be the 1,000-year reign. And um, so all of the uh, swords will be beaten into, uh, you know, uh, farm implements. And so war will be over because uh, Jesus is not out uh, to uh, kill people. There is such a thing. President Eisenhower, I think, was the first really to label it as the industrial war machine. So you have these companies that make all of these products. They want wars. Why? It makes them wealthy and rich. Uh, with billions and billions of dollars and things along that line. So all of that, thank God, will eventually come to an end. And yes, we understand sometimes war can be unavoidable uh, when you have wicked, crazy people that are wanting to do wild things. But um, but in most cases, war can be avoided. And uh, it's... Uh, it's never something that's good. War in many countries is romanticized. It's viewed as being heroic, and you know, young men in their twenties want to rush in and be the hero. But war is uh, brutal. Uh, people being blown to pieces, and the smell of death and decaying flesh. It's it's uh, like hell manifested on the earth. And so many of these government officials that uh, do all this big talk uh, have never fought in battle have have no interest of what it's like for people to actually lose loved ones in uh, real wars and things like that so everything needs to be done to prevent it in the first place praise god all right isaiah 64 woo praise god Mm-mm. verse 4 for since the beginning of the world Men have not heard nor perceived by the ear or what we could call the physical senses, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts. One translation says, who goes to work on behalf, who acts for the one who waits for him. So waiting on the Lord, not to uh, be passive and not use your faith, but to wait on the Lord so that you can be in step with him and that as he moves forward, you're moving with him. Not too late and not too quick. Woo! Praise God. So God reveals things to you that are beyond your ability physically to perceive through sight or through hearing, and he'll help you to understand divine timing. We see this also in the New Testament, the New Testament version of this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse nine, excuse me, verse nine and 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. All right. So Isaiah writing with inspiration of the Holy spirit talks about the things that God has prepared for those who wait for him. So if you if you love the Lord, you'll wait for him. You won't rush ahead. So you need to invest quality time in waiting for the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting with the Lord. Praise God. There's really no substitute for it. You need to put some time in and hang out with the Lord. And remember, as you do, usually a lot of other good stuff opens up also. Wow. I mean, I might even change your whole plans. Praise God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. When you are very active in the day or your mind is very active in the afternoon or evening, you could have all kinds of plans and ideas. But you, when you get up early and everything is real calm and you it's dark and you get up out of bed and you go to sit in a chair, preferably in a different room, because you want some movement to get up and go somewhere else and you sit down uh, in a comfortable chair, uh, maybe a couch, but you you wait on the Lord. You don't want to get too comfortable because you don't want to fall back to sleep, but you go and wait on the Lord and spend time just fellowshipping with God. You realize that a lot of those busy plans sometimes were just being generated out of your soulish activity And that's really not the best way to do. So it just kind of all goes up in smoke. And then you get back and stay predominantly on the core thing that God wants you to do. And it really helps you with your life to keep from getting off on wild uh, goose chases or wild rabbit trails that lead off into dead ends. Mm -mm. Wow. Praise the Lord. Verse 10 but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. So if you want to get those deep things of God, you have to hang out with God. And as you do the Holy spirit will start getting them over to you. And there's also an overflow that comes out of this. Remember uh, from a minister's perspective, Anytime that you minister, you want it to be out of the overflow. Now, sometimes uh, you have to rise up even if you're in a sense drained because maybe there is a demand and you have to just trust God for that and God will work, okay? But ideally, you want to minister out of an overflow when you are filled up and now you are overflowing and the overflow is for the others. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go over to Habakkuk chapter 2. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But first, let's drop by Mr. Habakkuk. Praise God. we we'll have some more uh, tower-type stuff. He's going to go up in a prayer tower, so to speak. And we see that Jesus talked about building a tower. But here in Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, of course, the prophet has a great interest in knowing, wanting to know, or having a hunger to know what God's plan is for the nation. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart to, excuse me, and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So Habakkuk has basically made his prayers And now all he's going to do is wait and watch like a sentinel on a tower to see what the Lord is going to say to him. Verse two, then the Lord answered me and said, so the Lord does answer. And my friends, he'll answer you too. Uh, As well, it says that he set himself on the rampart. Uh, The rampart, uh, sometimes called a watchtower, but basically, uh, you would have the wall going around the city. The wall uh, in certain areas would have a watchtower, and the guard or the sentinel would go into the watchtower and would be looking out, staying awake, staying alert to observe any sign or movement, or to uh, be watching to find out what's going on. And that's basically what you're doing. You're getting up and you're going to go wait on the Lord. Usually it's easier in the morning. Okay. But if you have free time later in the day, you can do it during the day and you could stir up that same anointing to wait on the Lord. And what will happen is that you're basically in your prayer watch tower. And what are you waiting for? You're just waiting for the Lord uh, to come and talk, and you're you're there to hang out and have fellowship with God. Not really, to, there to ask God for things, but just there to um, uh, walk with Him, like God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, there in the Garden of Eden. Hang out, have fellowship. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as we wait, our spirits become sensitized to the Holy Spirit. Now, please listen very carefully as you wait on the Lord. And then as you wait with him, what will happen is that your spirit becomes sensitized to the Holy Spirit. In other words, what the Holy Spirit is, you know, sensing is transferred over to your understanding and you're now flowing with him and there are times when i can be uh let's say we're in a public worship service or a conference or or what we would call church the assembly of the of the saints there are times i've sat in meetings and there's a worship leader singing a song and i can tell the holy spirit doesn't like the song and the holy and, and uh, he he not only doesn't like it, but the worship leader cannot pick up on it and keeps singing the song. And there's no anointing; nothing's happening at all. And so, really, if the worship leader were sensitive, which is why worship leaders need to pray, right? Not just show up and like this is not like a performance. This is worship, and we're worshiping God. And so we should worship Him the way that He wants to be worshipped. And there have been times I can just tell the Holy Spirit doesn't like that song. Well, Pastor Stephen, what should we do? Stop singing it immediately. Just stop right then. Just stop singing it and move on to another one. <laughs> I've seen Benny Hinn do that many times. Uh, he'll just you know he'll tell uh, the organist like Cheryl Um, Let's go to another song and uh, just, you know, switch that song. Because you get real sensitized to the Holy Spirit in these areas. And I can tell also when when he would do that, people don't understand. Well, did did she do something wrong or something? No, it's just the Holy Spirit doesn't want that song. It's amazing. Praise God. There's other times I've I've seen worship leaders, uh, you know, doing their thing, leading worship and the whole thing's in the flesh. And you can get so sensitized to the Holy Spirit that, uh, now for me, if I'm leading that session or that meeting, whatever, I'll just kind of go ahead in a nice sweet way, but just go ahead and shut the praise and worship down and say, let's just go ahead and move into the teaching. The the Lord really wants us to spend some extra time on the teaching. Why? Because the praise and worship is totally in the flesh. It's not doing anything. It's not It's not being accepted by God as worship. So why are we doing it? <laughs> God doesn't even like the song. So why are we doing it? <laughs> now, let me say also for some of you newbies in these things, don't try to go out and fabricate this and act like something is happening when it's not really. I'm talking about where you really put the time in and you really are walking with the Lord and you are getting real, true, valid, genuine signals from God. I'm not talking about being rude or trying to make stuff up and be a fake spiritual mystic when you're not. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) But I am saying that when you do walk with the Lord and you do start getting in that sink and in that flow, things are very, very interesting Woo, praise God. I was in a meeting one time in the the conference host who was very well-known, world-famous minister. He said, I want every minister to come up here and pray with me because God, there's enough power to heal this man. And so all the ministers, including him, they, they're over there just praying, perspiring, sweating, praying over this man, God healing. Everybody in the audience, stretch your hand towards him. Everybody's praying and praying. And uh, every, And then he says, I, every minister in here, come up and pray for him. lay Lay your hands on him too. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. don't want to go up there. Pastor's team, how come you don't want to go up there and do it? Because ain't nothing going to happen. Ain't nothing going to happen. And they don't know it. And they're all oh oh god oh god healing healing people in the audience oh, oh god do it and i i just go up there and kind of put my hand like that just so i don't offend the minister but at the same time knowing nothing's going to happen pastor Stephen why how did you know that because he doesn't need a healing he needs a raw miracle He needs a miracle. He doesn't need a healing. And so there are two different anointings. And while there is a healing anointing that is present, there's no miracle working anointing. And so what he needs, he's not going to get in this atmosphere. We're just wasting our time. And sure enough, after it was all said and done, all the huffing and puffing, nothing happened. I met the poor guy in the bathroom a few minutes after that. He looked completely frazzled and bewildered. I just said, hey, God loves you. It's okay. Because he was just like, wow, I just had all this done and nothing happened. I'm like, it's okay. God loves you. you know why? And I knew nothing was going to happen because <laughs> it can't. <laughs> That's not what he needed. He did not need a healing. He did it in miracles, two different manifestations of the spirit. And when you get in the spirit, you can, you can sense what flow is going on. Mmm, Wow. Pastor Stephen, God's rude. No, he's not rude. It's just that sometimes we can be a little bit dense and then when it doesn't happen, then people get mad at God. Uh, We have to meet him on his terms. He understands us. He knows that we're not perfect and neither am I. He understands that we are doing the best we can, but still we have to line up with him. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I can sit in meetings. Sometimes I can tell a tongue is about to come forth as an utterance and, uh, I can hear somebody speak out and I have the gift of interpretation. So, uh, if somebody has the gift of tongues and they speak that out, I can just sit there and I can know immediately instantly what God just said to that person's unknown tongue. I, I can just tell. And so I'd stand up and give the utterance. It's just as easy as turning a page in the Bible. I, there's a knowing of what that is praise God, but that only comes out of times of waiting on the Lord. You can't. For me, I can't get it any other way. It's like it's like trying to break a four-minute mile. I can't just go out and do that. You, somebody, you have to really run and train and practice to do that. I don't think anybody has ever had enough raw talent to break a four-minute mile. But um, but if you want to break it, yeah, you you have to really really uh, be devoted to that. So if you, if you want to get into that flow, it's it's there now. It's going to be stronger for a prophet's ministry because those there's supernatural equipment that God gives to any man or woman called into a ministry office. Okay. And the gifts are a, mo- a lot more consistent in that person's office, but anybody can become what I would call sensitized to the spirit, but you're going to have to wait on the Lord, hang out with God, spend time with the Lord. You know, uh, Kelly texted me yesterday. I was as at home, and uh, I had sought the Lord in the morning, had a wonderful time. But then later in the day, I had some time, and I just, I just kind of said, "Well, Lord, I don't have anything to do really. I'm just going to just hang out with you." And I hang, hung out with the Lord some more. And Kelly texted me and said, "Hey, you want to go get a coffee?" I said, "Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the uh, local coffee place and get a nice latte." So we get a nice latte, and um, but that um, that that's, that thing was all over me. Of kind of, I, I call it like going in the scan mode uh, where, uh, when you come out of times like that, when you've spent a lot of time with the Lord, um, you feel like sometimes like you're on like another planet, like that you don't belong on. <laughs> so we're in the world, but we're not of it. You're thinking, uh, I'm ready to go to heaven. Praise God. Well, anyhow, so we go get a, a latte and, uh, we sit down next to three people I've never seen before in my life. I don't know them. Kel, we ended up talking to them. So they were from out of town. Um, but they're sitting kind of next to me and I'm thinking, okay, so this lady, uh, she's supposed to be a Christian writer. Uh, this lady right here, she's Presbyterian. And so all this stuff just starts coming off of people. And that's what happens when I spend time with the Lord, I can go sit somewhere and all this stuff. So like like a scan starts going on. <laughs> Somebody said, Pastor Steve, I don't know if I want to be around you all the time. <laughs> There's always a, a price you pay for proximity, uh, regardless of who it is. Uh, but yeah, the scan thing starts going on, uh, with me. And so, uh, Kelly starts talking to the ladies and I'm kind of sitting there drinking my latte and, and they find out we're Christians cause Kelly told them we're ministers and you know, they're Christians too. Oh, where do you go to church at? Oh, I'm a Presbyterian, you know, and I just, I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, I know you are. And I know all, some other things about you, but it just starts, it starts coming on you. It's like, it's like written on people and you can just start seeing it. But that comes out of waiting on the Lord, waiting with the Lord, which is why I can go into meetings and I can know the direction that the Holy Spirit wants the service to go in. Every meeting, every service should have a purpose and an intent because you can't pack everything into one meeting. Preachers make mistakes trying to do that where you try to jam everything into a meeting and you, you cannot do that. You have to go with the... Purpose of what God has for that meeting. And maybe God just wants it to be a teaching session. And we don't need anybody to roll on the floor. We don't need any spitting and loud shouting and preaching, although I love all of that. We just need some good teaching. And maybe that's all the Holy Spirit wants done in that session. Uh, so you can't jam everything into it. I uh, visited a friend's church um, for uh, Passover Sunday. Uh, what we would call in America, many people call Easter, although I don't like the word Easter, it's based off the uh, Babylonian goddess Ishtar. Many of you know all that stuff. We'll not get into the Easter eggs and the Easter Bunny and all of the paganism behind that. but uh, so I visit his church and um, wonderful man of God, tremendous preacher. but see, sometimes preachers love preaching and there there is an anointing with it and if and if you're not careful, you can just keep going because that anointing feels so good and it's actually fun preaching. Uh, He got so caught up in the preaching, he forgot to give the altar call. (laughs) And closed the service and everybody left. (laughs) And you had all these sinners there in the meeting. You had all these people that maybe only come twice a year. They'll come during uh, Easter Resurrection Sunday, and they'll come during Christmas. And that's it. So you've only got two chances to get them. He got so caught up in the preaching, he didn't even give an altar call. (laughs) I'm telling you, when you wait on the Lord, uh, it it helps you to catch things that sometimes you would just miss. It's almost like there's a guard that God puts on your mouth. So let me say this for those of you that are watching. If you have a situation, let's say you're about to go into a very important interview for a new job, okay? We're talking about getting into the new thing, and this is a job like a dream job. Uh, How how in the world would you go into a meeting like that without having spent time waiting on the Lord? I mean, that's one of those things when you'll get to the heaven and you would look in the mirror in your heavenly house and you'd look at yourself and say, boy, I really did some stupid things when I was on the earth. (laughs) I can't believe I went into that meeting and I didn't spend any time hanging out with God. (laughs) Woo, praise the Lord. But when you spend time with the Lord, let's say the the job interviews at nine o'clock in the morning, get up like four o'clock in the morning and, uh, oh, I'll be tired. Take a nap later. Who cares? You want to have God's presence and God with you when you go into that so that you say the right thing and you don't say the wrong thing and you don't say too much and you don't say too little. And basically that God goes in there with you. So yeah, for like a job interview or something like that, spend time that morning waiting on the Lord. It should be something that you begin to integrate into your life as a lifestyle. But some days you would really want to push it extra special because you might have something extra special com- coming up. Let's say you're, going to, you're called in the court and you actually have to testify. On the witness stand, and you're thinking, "Oh God, Lord, help me!" Whatever it might be, you know Jesus said in the last days they will they will pull you in the court, and they'll you know bring you before people. And well, uh, the Holy Spirit will help you say what you need to say. But I would also highly suggest that you get up early and hang out with God, spend time with the Lord, and uh, that way, when you get up and you start to talk, it's really God talking through you, and uh, everything goes in a good way. Or maybe. Maybe you have like a board of directors meeting, or maybe this is your annual shareholder or stockholder meeting. and You're the presenter and you've got to, you know, present all of this and the company's success is riding on it. Well, get up early get up early and spend time with the Lord. And look, there's a reason Jesus took a nap on the boat when crossing the Sea of Galilee. And it would appear that on that little fishing boat, they had a little bitty um, covered area where he could go back and take a nap if he needed to. Because when you do push real hard to sacrifice to get into this zone, yeah, sometimes you feel it later in the day. And it's a a fatigue that Red Bull can't always fix. (laughs) And I don't drink energy drinks. I, I've been told they're not good for you. <laughs> Some of them you can tell they're not because you're like vibrating in a wrong way, in a negative way. But yeah, sometimes you're tired. So maybe you just need to go take a little, uh, a little, you know, 20 minute break or, or whatever it might be till you get a little energy boost or something like that, but keep on. But the main thing is you need to clear that big hurdle you know, let's say you had something of, of major importance at 10 o'clock in the morning. Maybe you have to do a public, a public, uh, talk, and you're not really a speaker and you have have really stood before people before Well, get up early that morning and you'll be clothed with the Lord and his strength and his grace. And you'll go in there and you'll just, you'll, you'll go right through it. You'll just go right through it smoothly. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So what will happen is that if you will wait on the Lord you will come into an area that I call sharp discernment, sharp discernment, and you can't always figure this out with your with your intellect. But spiritually, you come into this area that's called sharp discernment, and there are some things maybe you've tolerated because you couldn't quite tell. And but when you see through it, you boom, you just drop it immediately, and you say, nope, that's not God. God's not in it. Now I know that's doors closed. Sharp discernment, uh, high sensitivity. High sensitivity. I'm not talking about wearing emotions on the shoulders of your sleeves because really the person that walks this walk, you're very stable and you're not, you're not like this emotional, you know. No, you're very, very stable and solid. But you do come into a high sensitivity. And there's a moment you can like, for example, maybe there's a conversation and uh, something and suddenly the conversation in the group turns and you know immediately walk away. Just leave now. Leave now because the conversation's about to start going downhill. Just leave. But if you don't leave and you stay around, next thing you know, you're you're getting caught up in all the pig slop that's being thrown around, and you're now you're going to be implicated in that. No, but all of these areas, the Holy Spirit will help you. Uh, I call it the area of sharp discernment, high sensitivity, and even minute details. And it's the minute details that really help the whole thing to. Uh, be beautiful and to come into the fullness of what God wants it to be nothing worse than a half-baked product or something being served to present it that's underprepared that was not thought through so the minute details the Holy Spirit will help you with all of those things praise the Lord praise God hallelujah glory glory to the Lord glory to the Lord. Isaiah chapter 30, one more time, verse 18, the latter part of the verse, blessed are all those who wait for him. Praise God. Now, let me close by saying this, and I know that I'm speaking, I believe, to uh, primarily a mature audience in the Lord. So I say this, that if you do seek the Lord like this, and there is an element of sacrifice involved in it, because who doesn't like a comfortable pillow, a comfortable bed, and a nice comfy uh, comforter and mattress and all of that stuff. But if you will seek the Lord early, discipline yourself by not staying up so late that you can't get up. If you will do that and keep seeking the Lord, uh, you're probably going to have some type of supernatural encounter. And the truth, the truth is actually even further that you're probably going to have multiple type things. I'm talking about valid, real things, but it only comes through valid, real seeking. You can't see like a guy that has a lot of muscular development and just say, oh, he's lucky. No, the, the, the guy worked out a whole bunch. That, that's why he's like that but it's the same way in your walk with the Lord. Uh, You can't have real, ongoing, consistent uh, where this beautiful supernatural flow without doing something that's generating that. Praise God. And that would be waiting on the Lord, seeking the Lord early. Praise God. And so once again, I just want to say that it'll be different for how it happens for everybody. But if you keep pushing and keep seeking like that, eventually, uh, supernatural things do happen. They do happen. And God honors uh, anybody that really pursues him. He will always honor that person and you'll be blessed. You'll be so blessed, and of course, all the other stuff is, is just like the extras—the sharp discernment, the high sensitivity, the gifts of the spirit just popping out. You know, uh, it all, you know, not just in church meetings, but just start popping out all over the place. <laughs> oh, I probably should share this too. When I when I'm somewhere and like uh, that prophetic anointing is, you know, like on me, and that you know you could start get start just picking up things about people that are maybe sitting next to you, or that doesn't mean that doesn't, that doesn't mean you go over there and say, Hey, I don't know who you are, but God told me this about you. No, that's not what that's for. That's not what it's for. I didn't you know, tell the lady, Oh, Oh, oh you're Presbyterian. Oh, God told me that when I was sitting here drinking my coffee, God showed me that I know I, I didn't even say anything. Why it's a lot of this is just for you. It's for your walk with the Lord. And there are times, yes, God wants you to share it, but it's, it's more of just a walk that you enjoy with the Lord and a maturity that not everything that God shows you do. You just run off and start telling everybody everything that you are receiving from the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So enjoy, uh, your fellowship with God. Amen. There are some things God can't tell some of his children because they'd run off, blab it all over the place. And so he can't trust them. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. Amen. So some things you just cherish, and you hold in your heart because you're cherishing most of all that fellowship that you're having with God, that communion, and that closeness uh, that's allowing your life to have uh, such a supernatural element to it. Okay. All right. Let me pray for you, Father. I pray for those that are watching today that I think there's a part of this that, well, I've tried to explain it. It's it's actually better caught than taught. So I have tried to teach it, but I thank you, Father. There's also an element of it. They can't really understand it until they actually get up and start doing it. Because this, this is not something that can be imparted solely through a classroom type setting. It has to be actually practiced. So I, I thank you, Father God, that I pray that the things that have been shared will stick and will help your people to navigate this, uh, this journey of faith And this journey of the pursuit of you. Now, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father God, that this this pursuit of you is going to spare many of your people from having uh, uh, something wrong presented to them that that they would receive, presented as something good when really it was not. Perhaps it was a Trojan horse from the enemy that was meant as a setup to capture and destroy them take their attention or devotion away from you now father we give you all of the praise we just thank you we just thank you father i pray for your grace for your people to come into all that you've made available for them and i pray that the pursuit would begin immediately thank you father god thank you father god in jesus name bless your people in jesus name let them wait on you. Let them wait for you. Let them also know the reality of waiting with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you'll call upon him right now, he'll save you right now. I want to lead you in prayer to do that. Let me also say, if you're watching this, you used to be a Christian and you've backslidden, you're all messed up in sin and you're away from God. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord today and come back to him today. He will forgive you and he will receive you back. So I want you to pray this prayer also. Okay. If you're in that situation, let's pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Jesus, write my name in your book of life, and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. And Jesus, I commit to the best of my ability to seek you each day, to seek you early, and to walk close to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I belong to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Praise God. Amen. God loves you so much. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Nothing better than going to heaven and enjoying the journey and bringing others along. Praise God. Now, let's uh, conclude today's time together by taking communion. I want you to grab some unleavened bread, get a little wafer, a little cracker, and grab some grape juice and let's pray over it together. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and we set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we receive strength to seek you. Even Father, as Jesus would pray. Uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 35 early a long while before the sun ever came up he would go out to a solitary place and pray and have fellowship and communion with you we just thank you Father God for the the qualities and the character of Jesus being fashioned within our hearts and in our lives by your Holy Spirit so Father as we receive his body we receive O God your grace to walk with the Lord we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. Here's a thought. What happens when you get a group of believers? Doesn't have to be all of them, but what happens when you get not just one, but let's say 10, 20, or 100 believers? that come together and they're not coming together empty but they're all showing up filled up and in overflowing mode they're all coming to church not because they're defeated but because they're prayed up and they're more than conquerors and we're getting together and this is an assembly of eagle saints this is an assembly of conquerors and what what happens in environments like that well uh mighty things mighty things, praise God. And I see that's what we're coming into more, and that's why our greatest days are ahead of us, praise God. Because one can put a thousand to flight, and two can put 10,000 to flight, and three can put a 100,000 to flight, and four could put a million to flight, praise God, amen. So these are exciting days in which we're living, praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. Father, we pray that if anyone has sinned against us, we completely forgive them. We bless them and we move on in you. And we thank you, Father God, for the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you for protection. We thank you, O God, for your angels. And we thank you that even as Adam walked with you in the cool of the day, that we can also have Garden of Eden-type fellowship. Now, we thank you, Father. We receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, let me put the opportunity up on the screen uh, for your giving. Okay, if you would like to continue to support this ministry because these teachings are blessing you and they are furthering your walk with the Lord, here's an opportunity to sow seed into the soil of this ministry. Uh, You can go to the website there at the top on on the headers. One of the headers says online giving. You can click on that. It'll take you to a little, uh, uh, actually it'll take you to our webpage with a little drop-down menu that says fund Click that, and you'll see the various uh, areas that you can sow into of the ministry, and we sure appreciate that. So you can either give online or you can give by uh, mailing in an offering or your tithe here at the ministry at Stephen Brooks International, PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. All of that information is on the screen, as well as you can give uh, through text by phone. And I'm praying over your giving that God will bring ongoing increase into your life. Praise God. And I'm praying that your walk with the Lord will be very, very strong. And you need that, especially when you're going into areas of increase so that the enemy doesn't lure you away from the Lord. Praise God. Father, bless your people. Bless their giving. And I thank you for them. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. And in the spirit, I'll see you early in the morning, waiting on the Lord. Have a great week. Bye-bye.